This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Episode 24? 23. 24. What are we, Mike Bradley? I've lost count, to be honest with you. I just like showing up to the show, whatever number it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're glo- it is 20. It's 23. That's where we okay. are. Episode number 23. We did 22 without you. So uh, last week, and uh, we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Mike Bradley, Mark Potter, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by our friends at the Preston Automotive Group. And uh, I t- so much to talk about uh, today. Uh, we've we've got to talk about uh, uh, the baby. We've got to talk about the All-Star football game coming up this Sunday. Uh, we got to talk about uh, coaching news. There, you know, from back back to the carousel we go. Uh, college football, and probably, but probably even talk a little bit about the uh, the Ravens and the Washington football team. So, uh, yeah, a lot there. But before we get to yep. any of that, uh, everybody, well in your household, we are doing well. Uh, thank you, Mark. Yes, uh, baby and mom are doing great. Uh, we had a really positive experience at the hospital. Um, the labor did not take long. Uh, there was, uh, you know, inducing labor and the epidural that uh, there was some pain there for Brooke, most certainly, and tough to see your wife go through pain like that. But she's a tough cookie. And then by the time uh, the, the, the she was dilated enough, the contractions came. Um, that, that at that point it was easy. <laughs> it, was, it was leading up to it. That was hard, uh, but everything went really smooth and. Uh, just it, it is one of those uh, special parts of life for sure that you can appreciate childbirth from afar, but you really can't appreciate it, uh, uh, on, you know, the way that unless you've actually gone through it um, in real, you know, in real life, in real time. All right. So I got to know. All right. So they, they induced her because the baby wasn't ready to come out. So, I mean, they, they induced right. her. It was time to be evicted. And uh, <laughs> about 24 hours later. You know, she she's giving birth. Now, did you watch the actual birth or did you sit up by her head while it all was all going on? I, I, I watched a little bit of the birth. I actually am not, you know, as you know, not a big uh, a big guy for hospitals and that whole setting. But right. I actually did really well with all that. And you know, knowing that it's childbirth and not some major surgery or something like that and having a general idea of what's going to be happening. <laughs> um, I was OK going into it, but I stayed I stayed up with her, um, you know, and, and talked to her and just uh, held her hand. But I, I, I watched a little bit. Uh, but man, what a miracle of life for sure it is, and and what women go through. Again, I had an appreciation for it, but I have an even greater appreciation having gone through it in person. But yeah, we got into the hospital about five o'clock on Sunday, uh, last Sunday evening, and at eight o two p.m. Monday night, uh, Beckett uh, Beckett was born. And uh, I, I've got to now, and I've been telling you all along that child a, a child changes your view on everything in this world and the emotions that I can only imagine that you were feeling when you got to hold Beckett for the very first time. It, it was really special to hold a, a, a such a cute baby girl like that and know that that's yours, that that's something that, um, you know, you and your wife are, are responsible for and bringing into the world and that you'll have this child to raise 
and to pass on all the hopefully all the good stuff from us and none of the bad stuff. <laughs> um, it, it, it really is special and it does hit you that you understand when parents talk about cherishing the time now because it won't last forever. And really, as you always talked about, appreciating every moment, taking in all the moments and all that. Uh, in terms of getting emotional, it was more the next morning for me for a number of different reasons. You know, it's the holiday time. Um, you think about your your grandparents and aunts and uncles that have passed that you wish uh, would have been able to be here with us to be able to experience this as well. Uh, you think about just where you've come from and where is a couple we've come from. And to be at this point now and to be so appreciative, too, that it's a healthy, happy baby. And to think about knowing that, you know, th- that there are children that are born into this world that have challenges that, uh, you know, at least so far, thank God, our baby was healthy, doing well. And that, uh, you know, we just take it a day at a time, but so very blessed uh, with a beautiful girl. And so it, it, it certainly does change you. And knowing, too, that, hey, you're responsible. Would you, you exit that hospital? You don't have all the specialists that you can call on real quick from the hospital room to help you out. Of course, you know, there are emails and calls you can make. But, you know, once you step out of those sliding glass doors, it's uh, it's a whole different uh, ball game. But we've been very fortunate to have my mother-in-law, my mom and sister who have been helping us out with, uh, you know, watching. Beckett and and being with her so that Brooke can get some sleep and I can get some sleep. Thankfully, Brooke will be off for a couple of months, but I was back to work on on Thursday and Friday from home. But then as we do this on Monday, I was uh, back at work today in studio. Have you changed a dirty diaper yet? I I have, and I've assisted in a lot of them. Uh, Again, I've got a great support staff, so I, I haven't uh, I haven't done one 100% just me, but I've assisted in many of them. And again, it's not my first rodeo in doing that. But thankfully, such a great support staff. It's like, okay, well, I know I'm going to have plenty of time to do these on my own, so I'm not in necessarily a rush to jump in if I don't have to. We're yeah. talking with Mike Bradley. Him and his lovely wife, Brooke, gave birth to uh, Beckett and last Monday, in fact, uh, and uh, celebrating the birth of their child. It's their first, so congratulations to them. When we come back, we are going to talk about the all-star football game here on the Bayside. That's coming up next right here. Time out with Shore Sports. The instant offer event is going on strong at the Preston Automotive Group. If you want an instant offer for your vehicle, we'll give one to you on the spot. Or if you send us the VIN number and vehicle mileage, we can give you an instant offer and come pick up the vehicle from you with no purchase necessary. Get a check in just minutes and get an instant offer from any of our Preston Automotive Group locations for your best deal on your trade or just selling your vehicle. Preston Automotive Group is the way to go during the instant offer event. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors. Handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley alongside as uh, we continue to diverse uh, episode number 23 here on Time Out with Shore Sports. And just just finished talking about the baby and the lovely name Beckett. Let's talk about the All-Star High School football game going on. It's the 15th annual Eastern Shore Bowl, and uh, that is actually taking place 
this Sunday at Queen Anne's County High School with a noon kickoff. And in talking with Jake Coleman last week, Mike, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the podcast, but no, unfortunately, I did not. So okay. fill me in. No, oh, you're fired. Uh, so <laughs> in talk, in, <laughs> I was a little busy, yeah, as you can understand. In, in talking with Jake Coleman, there's going to be, of course, they've got players from all across, you know, the Bayside Conference, but also uh, Delaware and Virginia's Eastern Shore, and even a couple coming across from the other side of the creek as well. So it's going to be a very competitive game. I would encourage you to go out if you don't have anything else to do on a uh, on, on a Sunday afternoon at 12 o'clock. Uh, but uh, it's a great opportunity to get out and see the last time of seeing high school football game for the year. Yeah, and this is something that uh, really appreciate uh, Coach Coleman and all those who have contributed to this over the years to to be able to highlight the special players there on the Bayside. Mark, we've talked about the fact that you know in the state of Maryland, the Bayside oftentimes gets overlooked. So the Bayside decided, hey, we're going to take it upon ourselves to have our own all-star game and and highlight our guys. And the fact that they've incorporated Delaware and the Eastern Shore of Virginia into it as well, I think is uh, an outstanding thing. And I've I've long talked about the fact that I love when Bayside and Henlopen conference teams get together in non-conference games. A lot of good talent uh, in Delaware, all across the state of Delaware, and good to have them mixed in uh, with our Bayside folks. And again, the Eastern Shore of Virginia, and good to be able to highlight uh, highlight these players. And as we know, we, we had several outstanding teams this year, and really the Bayside Conference top to bottom was pretty darn good this year. Yeah, we'll be uh, releasing our ShoreSportsMD.com uh, first team and uh, all conference players coming up uh, here in the next week or so. So be looking for that at ShoreSportsMD.com. And uh, again, a lot of great seniors that are going to be saying goodbye uh, to the Eastern Shore, and, and some of them going to be playing football at the next level. Well, that's right, and not only at places like Division Three Salisbury University, who has an outstanding football program there, but we've talked about, I know, Frostburg over Western Maryland, Division Two, and, and all over the place, and it's great to see these players at the next level, wherever they go. It's great to see them do well. I know you spotlighted some of them at the D1 level over the weekend on our Overtime Live Facebook page, but whether you play D1, D1, 2A, 2, or 3, um, it's special to be able to go to the next level and continue to play ball, because for you know 98% of these players on these teams, uh, they're senior year that's it and then they don't get to play any further for the lucky few and the blessed few that get to um hey they get another hopefully four years to be able to continue to play a sport they love yeah absolutely and there's no doubt that uh, when you get down to it and you peel away all the layers the whole thing is they just want to play the game so no matter what sport you play if you want to play at the next level it doesn't have to be d1 i mean there's great opportunities Uh, once you get past football What's the likelihood of any of these kids playing a professional level? Now, there's professional lacrosse out there that, you know, several shore players have uh, uh, made it to professional lacrosse. But outside of that, how many are going to play professional basketball in the NBA? It's very rare. It's possible, but still, it's very, very rare. So no matter what level that you dream to aspire to, and we can all dream to be, you know, at the professional level. But when you get down to it, you just want to play. And the only way you're going to be able to get to that extra level is if you play at the next level. 
Well, that's right. And I also think, too, that there's a mis, uh, misconception that, you know, well, Division One, you know, that's really the only way to go. It's D1 or bust. And that's simply not true. D1 2A has so much uh, in the way of quality football, but so does D2 and D3. It, it really doesn't matter. And in some cases, you know, you've got players playing at D3 because academically it's a better it's a better fit it's they know that they're only going to be able to play for so long and then after that they're going to have to have a career in something else outside of sports that this is just something that they love to do but they're not going to be able to do it at the next level professionally that they're going to have to find their niche in whatever it may be you know law business etc and you know, there's outstanding football at all these levels, so it's a misnomer that yeah we see Division One because it's it's most prominent on TV and etc. But there's some really good football at the lower levels as well. No doubt about it. When we come back here on Timeout with Shore Sports, we're going to be talking with Coach Matt Griffith. Coach being the key word there. That's coming up next right here on Timeout with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hanging out with Bob Pino at an Optical Galleria. Three locations to serve you. West Water Street in Centerville, Harrison Street in downtown Easton, and in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City. And Bob Hook Optics, a fantastic new sunglass line, makes a perfect Christmas present. Absolutely. If you got a boater, a fisherman, even somebody who drives a lot, the sun at this time of year is glaring and is terrible to drive into that sunlight when it's low on the horizon. The Hook Optics polarized lens will take care of that. And those that maybe have hard-to-fit heads, the Hook Optics has something for everybody. Why not a gift certificate from an optical galleria? We have the gift certificates. We'll fill it out right here for any amount you like. And we have the larger size for a big guy like you. And then we have smaller sizes also. So we can fit so many different features. And don't forget about those flex spending dollars. A lot of people have the flex spending that if they don't use it by the end of the year, they lose it. So use it or lose it. Give us a call. How can they get a hold of you guys there? Centerville, 443 9415 Easton 443-746-0040 and eisenart.net and of course you can also reach them in the Tealmarsh Plaza in West Ocean City this segment of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group is presented by the Edge Training Academy where passion meets performance located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Mark Potter and Mike Bramley here alongside and uh, waiting for the coach. He's uh, he, he said he was going potty and then he was going to call us. So uh, that was uh, seven minutes ago. So, uh, but we'll, you know, I guess, yeah, he's signing autographs. But we'll get to that in a minute. What are you shaking oh, your head he, about? He, he, yeah, I'm sure that he's also probably handling, uh, handling a lot of phone calls with the news. Uh, so yes, we'll, we'll, when, we'll explain what coming up or explain. And speaking of coaching carousels, so. You know, we still have not heard. We we are expecting that we'll hear uh, from James McCormick in North Carolina next month in January. Still waiting to hear what's going on at Ken Island with uh, uh, Coach Damian Ferragamo. Um, and, uh, you know, rumors out there that uh, he steps down and Coach Brian Sofanowski takes over there at that program and would return to the sidelines. And, again, this is all hearsay, speculation, and all that good stuff. Um, and we're going to have to reach out to our buddy Dustin Mills uh, down there at uh, J.M. Bennett to see if uh, if maybe there's a career change for him or something to that effect 
at uh, J.M. Bennett. But, uh, you know, a lot of rumors around the street uh, there as well. We'll head on out to that uh, Chincheck Sports Locker hotline. And we've got, uh, well, he used to be known as Matt Griffith. He's back known as Coach Matt Griffith now. Hey, Hey, Mark. How are you, sir? I'm good. We also have Mike Bradley here with us, and uh, he's uh, via Zoom because well, he didn't want the baby to get my germs. So, uh, he <laughs> so Can you blame him? Uh, not really. So, Doc- Doctor's orders. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so uh, Griffith, you uh, text me this morning, and um, you, you broke some news, and uh, you, you told me there was going to be an announcement that uh, I'd probably want to know about on Monday. When you text me on Friday, and I couldn't get confirmation from you about the news, but you confirmed it this morning. Tell all of our listeners exactly what went down this morning at Easton High School. Well, I uh, went in, got to meet with uh, Miss Hoffman and uh, Coach McGlinchey, and then uh, we were able to meet with the players, and Coach McGlinchey got to talk to the players and let them know that, you know, he'd be taking a step back um, to spend some more time with his family and still wanted to be a part of the the football program and uh you know still has a strong desire and love for the game and then they introduced me to the players and then i got about a 10 minutes to talk with them about you know just a little bit about myself and um expectations and where the program's headed you know you think about it i've only been gone from there for two years when i was finishing up as the offense coordinator so the only players that i'm familiar with are the ones that are going to be seniors next year so um, a lot of new faces. A lot of people don't know me from the man on the moon. So it was good to get in front of them and kind of have a little chat. So what was the reaction to the announcement today to those that are going to be rising seniors next year? I think they were pretty excited. Uh, you know, there's a couple of kids, Kevin O'Connor being one of them sitting up front and he had a big smile on his face. And uh, I don't think it was because of anything specific, but he, he, he knows how I was with his brother when I coached him up for several years, and I think he's uh, he's the type of player that looks forward to that type of coaching and, and getting after it, and you know having the best opportunity to win. Coach, what was in what you can tell us? What was the message to the players, and what are expectations? Are realistic expectations for this Easton program? Well, you know, so first off, I, you know, I say good morning to everybody, and I got like this uh, half-hearted reply, and I said, "All right, we're going to start right now." I'm high energy guy. I coach with energy, and you know I'm going to get it back in return. So you know, good morning again. Then it was a much louder, you know, vocal reply. But I just laid it out for you guys. Listen, this is this is nothing um, that's going to you know shake shake the program up. You know, I'm very familiar with the program, very familiar with the administration. Was the head coach here for seven years, uh, assistant for two years. Been following along the last two. While I was with you guys on the radio and. You know, they have some players there that <clears throat> can definitely be some playmakers and some opportunities to be better. But we just set the goal of, you know, hey, look, we're going to have individual player meetings right after the first of the year so we can talk about your self-development. There's a lot of players I don't know, but I want to, you know, watch them on film, make some notes, and be able to have those conversations. Talk about the weight room and the weight room schedule for the off offseason. Uh, talk a little bit about how we'll get ready for camp in August by going to a couple – different seven-on-seven tournaments, and then we're also going to try to participate in a team camp uh, that we were able to do several years ago. Uh, It's actually at Frostburg that uh, helped us tremendously uh, get ready for the season, and I think it's something that would help this team as well. And then, uh, you know, I made sure everybody had my contact information and, you know, told them my my door's always open. Um, Look forward to meeting with everybody and kind of ended it there, and then several of them, uh, probably about 90% of the 40-plus kids that were there, 
came up and a lot of them introduced themselves to me, shook my hand, which was you know, nice to see. You always get that uh, the eye test, as I call it, and how they shake your hand and <clears throat> learn a little bit about that and uh, end at the meeting and then finished up with uh, Carisha and Pat there for a few minutes. Signing, uh, signing the paperwork and what have you. Before we get into the staff, I want to talk about a couple of players. You and I have talked many a time uh, about the needs of every team out there, not only Easton, but, uh, you know, because on our rides to games and stuff, we talk football. And, you know, when you look at the Easton program, this is me talking, this isn't you talking, but when you look at the Easton program, you know that Kevin O'Connor is a doable and a serviceable quarterback. But I also remember him running the football, and he was a hell of a running back. And when you look in that backfield at Easton, you don't really see a monster running back. Is the thought process maybe trying to find somebody else? I mean, maybe another O'Connor coming up that might be able to be quarterback and and put Kevin O'Connor at running back? Or has that not even been thought about because it's so new? I think it's still just really new. I mean, you talk about Kevin. He's a phenomenal athlete. He could play anywhere. I mean, he just does lots of good stuff. You know, I had the pleasure of coaching his brother Ryan, and Ryan probably was a little better of a quarterback, Kevin a little better of an athlete. That's why he's being heavily recruited on the defensive side of the ball uh, by D1 schools. So, but he's going to be he's going to play defensive end in college, right? Is that the or thinking outside, or outside, outside linebacker? linebacker. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a rush edge guy. I mean, he's He's filling into his body today. He's probably six two, six three, and you know two ten, two fifteen. If he really gets serious in the weight room, you know he could be two twenty five ish by the season and uh, putting up some big numbers. You know, which isn't what you typically see from a quarterback. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna put the pieces where they need to be. But I think you know me too well enough, Mark. I'm gonna get into school as much as I can. And there's there's definitely some athletes that maybe didn't play over the last year or two that uh, we're gonna we're gonna find them and, and try to get them out there on that field. Coach, I'm curious, do you hit the ground running with everything that you did back when you were an assistant, but more importantly as a head coach, or are there some tweaks now, some things that you've reevaluated along the line since you stepped down to say, I'm going to do things maybe a little bit differently here? Uh, in reference to the program, you know, very similar to what it used to be. Um, there, there's some things, obviously, you always learn as you go, and I'm one of those guys that I can never learn enough. I'm always watching the you know, the, the tutorials and the clinics and whatever else it may be out there for us. But um, program-wise, about the same in reference to scheme. Uh, I think you'll see a little different twist, uh, very similar to what we're currently doing, but with some different twists and things that, you know, I've kind of studied up on over the last year or two. And even though I wasn't coaching, I was still adding to my playbook and doing different things. And, um, you know, the first thing we got to do is we gotta, we got to get the staff on board and, and get uh, enough coaches to be able to be there to be successful and find out who's uh, still interested in coming back and, and, you know, talking and in what capacity. And there's definitely going to be some new, uh, new faces we're going to try to get there and maybe some old faces that were there before. Talking with Coach Matt Griffith with Easton High School back in charge of their football program as it was announced earlier on Monday. Let's talk about the staff, Coach. And, uh, you know, you've had uh, uh, Brandon Pfeiffer was there um, this year as their offensive coordinator. Your last year, or maybe your next to last year, or a year after he was the defensive coordinator. Uh, You've got a lot of other coaches that are on the staff there. Any plans as to... Are you going to call the offense? Are you bringing in offensive coordinator, or you know? And what about defense? So as of right now, no plans. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is I have a, <clears throat> a meeting with 
uh, Pat and the uh, coordinators, which was Coach uh, Braden Pfeiffer, uh, Clint Bordley, and Jake Fowler. Uh, Clint and Jake handled the defensive side, and Brandon was on the offensive side. I'm going to meet with them later this week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about to see you know, if we can all be on the same page. As a head coach, I would love to be a head coach and not have to be a coordinator. Um, I've never had that uh, actually happen. I've always called one side of the ball or the other since I was there, when I was there at Easton. Um, <clears throat> so that could be an added uh, plus if that can happen. Um, and then after that, once I, we, we figure out the coordinating piece and uh, kind of talk through those guys of the, the core group of coaches, and then we'll start meeting individually with the other coaches from the rest of the varsity staff from last year. If they have an interest to come back, um, obviously it's going to be different uh, for them. And then the same thing with the JV program as well. Coach, I know you and I did a couple of games this year, one of which was the East of Parkside game, and that may have been their best game of the season or one of their best games of the season. But obviously the season didn't turn out the way they would have liked given what they did in the uh, in the spring. What did you see from an outsider's point of view, and what do you think could be done better, and what would you like to keep the same? Well, I mean – Scheme-wise, again, it'll probably be very similar. Um, you know, look, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback, right? So, looking looking from the outside in, I think there's an opportunity. They got some pretty good coaches that were on staff. I think a lot of a couple of them, uh, from my conversations I've had with them in the past, and even throughout this year of, of different things, when you're talking about X's and O's, and you know, being a, a program coach, which is what's important to me. Um, I think this something that you know will be different for them that will get back to what they had before is they're going to have somebody that's going to challenge them, um, challenge them on, you know, what they're thinking the best play design will be for this coming week or the best scheme for this week. Um, you're going to have somebody go, hey, you know, well, what about you're giving up two gaps on the defensive side here? How are you going to answer this? Um, the attention to detail part, I think, is what's really going to be an added bonus um, that will come back in that process. Um, both of the, you know, both coordinators are very young in, in their coordinating careers. And, um, you know, somebody that's been on both sides of the ball and can, you know, I like to pick things apart no matter what sport it is. And Mark will attest to that even with basketball. You know, we'll, we'll break the film down 100 times. And, you know, if we can stop your one or two best things and you beat us with three and four, well, then darn it, you were just better than us that night. <clears throat> so that's kind of the plan and uh, go from there. But I think that and, you know, the, the one thing, again, is the intensity and energy. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I think a lot of the players kind of adapt whatever their head coach's uh, energy level, attitude level is, you know, in practice and in games. And uh, we're going to look to bring a little bit of that edge back. Mike, here's our opportunity. Uh, you know, we could go back and you can be my offensive coordinator and, and, and I'll do the defense and we could coach <laughs> up Easton's JV team if, if, Griffith, <laughs> if Griffith left us any players. I mean, just a thought. <laughs> so you've always wanted to be an offensive coordinator. It's time. It's time to walk the walk. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Do you I, think- I would love to sit in on uh, a couple of offseason meetings, though, to see uh, breakdowns of offense and such. But Mark, uh, I, I haven't heard the offer yet, so I'll wait for that. Wait, I mean, <laughs> do you think Brooke would give you a pass? I mean, you know, would she let you come out and play you know, you know, every weeknight? And you know, we don't. Well, have to- she lets me come out on Friday night. She's she's pretty great. She supports me <laughs> and my love of sports. Uh, so the answer is yes. But then there would be the problem of doing overtime live and sure sports. Oh so, no, no, uh, no, no, no! JV games are Thursday nights. So yeah, well, we have interviews and blogs and all sorts. We of stuff. have all that on Friday, so the overtime live separate from that. But anyway, <laughs> see, see, Mark, you're trying 
You're trying to get Mike divorced already with just a newborn. <laughs> Our wives already know, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the, I got the, I guess we're doing this again thing. Yeah. Said, yep. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, let's talk about that for a second, because I don't think people yeah, really absolutely. realize, you know, the, the commitment from the families. And you stepped away so that you could spend time with, with your daughter and, and with Drew going to see games and things like that. And Drew's graduating now, and uh, he's no no longer going to be playing football. In fact, he'll probably end up on your staff. Uh, you know, and, and Emily's still in college, but her her lacrosse season is at a different time. But the commitment that the wives have to put in, I mean, it's not just kiss you goodbye as you go off to work and then you go and you coach and then you come home because the wives are so much more involved and they get to listen to all the negativity in the grandstands. That is so true. And I tell you, I've been blessed with Dana for we'll be married coming up on 25 years, so she should get a gold star for sure. And, uh, you know, to your point, being in the stands, hearing the, the, the not everybody talks nice about you, so you know how that goes. But uh, even more importantly, the amount of time that you spend not just away from the house, but that you spend while you're at the house away from it because right. you're watching film, you're doing uh, scouting reports, you're you know doing different things or a coach's meeting. So, no, they play a big part of it. And I tell you, I wouldn't be where I am today in any of the sports if she wasn't as supportive and a part of the whole process with me as she has been. Yeah, I mean, my wife even went as far as wearing a shirt that said coach's wife on the back, just hoping that, uh, you know, people wouldn't talk. <laughs> I think they talk more. <laughs> it's so funny, you know, Mark, up at Frostburg, uh, Coach Fitz's wife wears a uh, shirt and it has uh, H.C.'s wife in bedazzled on the back of her shirt. And uh, when I first got there, I was like, before I saw the shirt, uh, there's this lady screaming at him about the play call, and it was his wife. I was dying. <laughs> You got. Hey, Coach. I, I know Mark has really tried to champion this, or at least uh, push for this as as best as possible. And we may have talked about this off air. I'm not sure, but obviously, a part of being the head of the program is also pushing for um, upgrades to facilities and such wherever you can do fundraising, etc. Um, what has been thought about, if anything, concerning maybe some things that you would like to see uh, be done at Easton to better help the football program? And I know we've talked about turf. That comes to mind, number one. But are there some other things as well outside of that that, that you may be um, pushing for and, and helping to fundraise with? Yeah, you know, I mean, we were fortunate enough to, to get a grant uh, several years ago uh, with the new helmets, uh, the Flex um, Speed helmets when they first came out. So, Easton's still in a good place there. They'll start replacing them over the next couple of years um, as they run out of their years. Uh, you know, the turf field's a, a big conversation. Last year, I know the school did put a, a lot of money into the practice fields. Um, I think there's still some more work there that can be done. Um, and I think there's some opportunities to be able to raise some more funds to start, you know, whether it be a turf field or whatever. Maybe Coach McGlinchey uh, did a really nice job last year. He actually got uh, several sponsors and some grants. Uh, the school and some other folks all to chip in, and it was probably a little over twenty grand. And they have a robot now that paints the fields. Yeah, he was uh, telling want, me that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want to talk about a time saver? Um, and it paints the field in about forty-five minutes, and then uh, you just come back by and put the numbers on or whatever it may be. Does hash marks and everything? It's unbelievable. Yeah. So now you can sell that machine for fifteen thousand dollars and put it towards the cost of the turf field, where you won't ever have to paint it. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Yeah. Well, you know what? We can champion. I mean, they, they got you. So, 
you know, and, and we already know what you asked to go to Coach Decatur. So if you've got half of that, you're <laughs> you're set. So well, uh, Coach Griffith is uh, now the new head coach of Easton High School, back there in charge of the football program and uh, the basketball team uh, for all across the public schools. Officially started on Monday, but um, just about all but uh, two of the teams from the Bayside will be in action starting today, Tuesday, including a team that Griffith used to coach at Easton High School. And, uh, you know, any chance of maybe you wanting to get back into that too, or are you just going to stick with football? No, I'm good with football. If I, I, you know, we had a great run with the girls I had, and I'm going out with them. If my daughter ever says to me, hey, Dad, I'm coaching basketball, I want you to come help, then I'll do it. Otherwise, I think my uh, girls' basketball days are done. Coach, I wanted to ask you uh, your thoughts on the Bayside Conference as a whole, uh, not just from this year, but going forward to next year. It it certainly seemed like in the fall, because I know we actually had two seasons this year, that top to bottom, the Bayside Conference was pretty strong. And, of course, a a great story with Colonel Richardson out of the 1A. We saw Stephen Decatur of Wicomico in the 2A uh, really uh, get their programs going forward and, and back on track. Uh, we saw Queen Anne's, you know, put together a five-game winning streak and, and start to get that program going. I just want to get your take on the Bayside Conference that you'll be coaching in next season and your thoughts about where the conference is going here. I, I don't think it gets any easier. Um, you know, Ken Allen had an unbelievable year. You know, and Douglas ended up winning the state championship, if I'm correct. And they did, yeah. Yep. You know, we're at that game mark, and it was a one-score game. You know, right. so think about that for a second. There's a two-a team in the in the Bayside that's one score away from advancing. So, you know, Ken Allen's graduated some kids. They're going to be very tough. They're always tough. Uh, no matter, you know, who's coaching at the head there or not, they're going to have the same core together. Um, they'll be very good. Queen Anne's, I think, brings back the most talent uh, on, on roster, on paper. Um, you know, defensively, Coach Waters always does a good job getting them where they're to be, and they got an unbelievable running back and, and smothers. Um, they're going to be very tough. Uh, Decatur graduates their quarterback and some other players, but they got some uh, some serious dudes there that can still play. They're going to have an opportunity whether they decide, you know, uh, do we we put uh, you know was it the JV quarterback or the backup comes up and plays quarterback and leave Bryson alone, or you know do we move Bryson over into quarterback uh, who's a phenomenal receiver getting a lot of looks at big time D one schools. Um, Why high? I, I know will not be. Um, necessarily as strong as they were this year because they graduated uh, their all the guys up front. They do bring back their quarterback, and I believe it's Leatherberry, their, their slot guy. So it's not going to get any easier. Um, I've always said since I've been here, you know, the 2A uh, East especially in, in, in the playoffs in the Bayside has been one of the hardest ones to advance in in the old format. Uh, the new format helps it a little bit, but the best team I've ever coached at East, and we went 7-3 and three and didn't get in the playoffs. And all three of our losses were combined a total of 14 points. Talk with Matt Griffith, new head coach of Easton High School. And, uh, well, he asked me, Mike, uh, months ago, if I went back to Easton, you've got to come broadcast uh, my first game back on the sidelines. So we already know what our overtime live Preston Ford game of the week is for the uh, fall of next year. Is that schedule already out? 
actually, uh, yeah, it's a it's a flip of this year. So it'll be Ken Island at Easton in Week One. <laughs> Look at that! Wow. So uh, we'll go. Ahead and you put know, it. you knew he knew who the first opponent was going to be. If it was that, <laughs> you knew he had that. Well, that's a heck of a Week One matchup there. It, it is, and what I like about it is now we're going back over, and Chris Hoffman is uh, you know invested the last couple of years, and we're about to find out if it's because of Griffith or because uh, of me. Um, but uh, you know, the the theme has been you know food delivered to the uh, booth for us to start the year and now that griff is back on the sidelines you know i'm thinking you know m&ms or snickers and water and i don't know maybe a barbecue sandwich or something Oh, man, I tell you, that's a nice upgrade there. Did you did you get my replacement already signed his new contract yet, Mark? No, I, we got to work on that. I was kind of waiting and hoping you weren't going back to the sidelines. But <laughs> <laughs> I get apparently, a, Mark, you didn't uh, you didn't match what Easton was offering. Well, the funny thing is, you're right, and I've already gotten <laughs> I've already gotten a phone call today from Jake Coleman. Um, you know, so it's like, hey. Well, what's going on there? You didn't call that one. I said, actually, I knew three weeks ago that it was probably going to happen, but I can't say things. And so it wasn't surprising. The only person I ever talked about with this, you know, um, and, and Griffith, in his defense, he never confirmed anything. He is so secretive. And he's like, but but I've known him for so long. I've known him for like, I don't know, 12, 14 years. I can look at him and I can tell when he has information that I need to know. And uh, actually, gosh, it was longer than that because it was uh, 2005, uh, 2006, actually. So, yeah, so I've known him for, you know, 15 years. So I knew. And the only person I talked about it with was my daughter. So when I got the text on Friday from Griffith saying that there was news coming down on Monday, I told my daughter, and Texter said Griffith's going to be the new head coach at Easton. And she goes, bah, ha, 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 we already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's funny. But, yeah, so it's, uh, we're, we're, I will say, we're going to miss you up in the booth. Um, you, you brought an element to the broadcast that's going to be hard to, uh, hard to replace. But uh, it, we are going to miss you. Um, and can we change the kickoffs at Easton back to 630, please? <laughs> One thing at a time. Mr. All right, well, all right, time. Well, that, that's for tomorrow. Okay, so you had today. It's that's for tomorrow. But yeah, so our overtime live Preston Ford game of the week on September second uh, will be Ken Island at Easton High School. So it should be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you got to go back to your real job because coaching doesn't pay enough to uh, do it full time. Yeah, I don't get those uh, big contract offers where they buy my house and give me five hundred thousand over offer. I get a private jet. Well, for the record, for the record, Decatur was close to offering all that. Yeah, to that. You. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. One of the first phone calls I got today was from from Jake Coleman yeah, saying, after he well, called back. me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, and uh, you know, glad to see you're back in the Bayside and have some fun. And we talked a little bit of football for a few minutes, and you know, it was nice. We've gotten several of those calls from other coaches, and it's been good. It's going to be fun to be back. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to get working. All right. Well, there you go, Coach yeah. Griffith. Uh, Easton High School now in charge there. You can send all your donations and such because uh, he wants a turf field. Um, and you can send those to <laughs> the Griff there. But, uh, hey, uh, g- good luck uh, getting everything put together. Those kids don't know what they're in for. Uh, the, the seniors do, but the rest of them, including the incoming freshman class, that uh, from Talbot, uh, the Talbot Braves, by the way, they had a pretty impressive. Uh, season, so you've got to be licking your chops a little bit, getting ready for them as well. 
They did. Uh, I've actually got to see uh, some of them uh, in person and on tape and looking forward to them coming in and hopefully we can get them over to the school in, uh, you know, term four to be able to get into the weight room after school and get them starting on the program and getting them ready to rock and roll for August. People don't realize that high school football is a year-round thing when it comes to weightlifting and all that. So, yeah. all right. Well, listen, uh, thanks again for uh, uh, joining us today, and congratulations. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Coach. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, Take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast presented by the Preston Automotive Group is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, good of Matt Griffith to join us there to uh, talk a little bit about uh, uh, him taking over the program. And it, it, it wasn't a surprise that he ends back up on the sidelines next year. No, it wasn't. And, and Mark, as you talk about, you know, we, we hear a lot of things we can put you know two and two together. And we know some things that we can't always come out with right away. But it is not. You you know his passion for the game. You know why he stepped down uh, for the family end of it, which you totally respect and also appreciate him still being able to contribute in a way uh, through our broadcast with the game of the week. And the opportunity obviously came about, and Easton is the place for him. You know, he had potentially an opportunity to, to go a few other places maybe, but you know, Easton is the best fit and he can hit the ground running. So that'll be a big benefit to the program, which look, I, I mentioned this to you, Mark, and I said on the air and on the podcast previously that talent wise talent alone, I thought Easton had a top four team, certainly record wise. They were not. Well, we'll find out uh, as they continue to grow and uh, next year under the uh, tutelage and uh, the direction of Griffith. I want to talk college football real quick. Um, A big weekend of college football. Oh, you're not kidding. 42 bowl games, by the way, have been announced. That's that's a ridiculous amount of bowls. It's like everybody gets a bowl. That's 84 teams. Six and six, and look, I'm a Terps fan, as you know. Six and six, though, should not get you into a bowl. I think it should be a minimum seven and five. Well, and now because they're playing more games now. They used to only play 10 games. Now they're playing 12 games. And, you know, I I would tend to agree with you, but uh, you mentioned Maryland getting into a bowl game. They're going to be in the December 29th pinstripe bowl against Virginia Tech. The Hokies and Maryland, and uh, my son's already bought tickets to the Pinstripe Bowl, so I'm going to my first bowl game as well. Yeah, you were saying that, and uh, I think it's neat to have a football game at a baseball stadium. You saw, I think it was uh, Wisconsin and Northwestern play at Wrigley Field earlier this year, and that's been done you know, a couple of different times over the years. I think that's cool. You've got a you know, former ACC matchup there. In fact, Maryland-Virginia Tech played in basketball last week uh, at Xfinity Center. How'd that uh, one go? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Virginia well, Tech won that one, too. And, of course, Mark Turgeon <laughs> stepped down on Friday afternoon. That was big news as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Vontech got the win, and, and Maryland's not off to the start that we thought, given the transfers that came in, and uh, they're just woeful shooting from the field in three-point range right now. But Maryland-Virginia Tech, yeah, Virginia Tech with, and I don't know how the coaching's going to go exactly. They hired uh, the uh, uh, Brent Pry, the uh, defensive coordinator which, from Penn State, to take over as their head coach. Which I think is a great hire. I mean, the guy gets it. He used to be, he was a grad coach there, grad assistant coach under Beamer. Um, you know, the guy gets it. I love the hire. Uh, and he's he's well known for his defenses that he's had everywhere he goes. And he's a very loyal guy. So uh, it was just, it seemed like it was the right job at the right time for him. And I don't know exactly where his recruiting responsibilities were with Penn State. Virginia. But obviously the- Okay, so the, the Mid-Atlantic region then, that's perfect for him. So as you mentioned, not only being a GA there, but from a recruiting standpoint, very familiar with the territory as it was already. Absolutely. And uh, so, uh, yeah, Virginia Tech, uh, J.C. Price going to be still the head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies for that game. Price, by the way, was kept on staff uh, by Pry. And uh, Pry's group is going to be put over in the stadium. His coaching staff that uh, is not already involved with the team, they're going to be in the stadium offices and uh, J.C. Price and the rest of the coaching staff that's uh, currently coaching the bowl, they'll still be in the offices there in the athletic center. But let's talk about uh, two big conference championship games that went down that locked up places in the top four. Um, The talk all year has been about Georgia and their defense and how they, you know, they just they're so hard to score on. Well, Alabama picked them apart, and I think Alabama was just kind of sleepwalking, and they obviously matched up well with the Bulldogs, winning big over them, and to earn the number one seed. Do you agree with that one seed uh, going to Alabama instead of going to Michigan, who, who stomped all over Iowa to win the Big Ten? Uh, no, I'm fine with Alabama being number one. I think in the way that they beat Georgia, who was number one, it was so commanding of a win that I have no problem with that whatsoever. And I mentioned, uh, Mark, I thought Alabama with their offense, uh, again, I still believe this, Alabama and Ohio State have the two best offenses in college football. So I thought that if it got to a mini shootout, in this case, it really was a commanding win, but I thought that Alabama, if there was a team that could put up some points against Georgia's defense, that Alabama could do it, and they obviously did. Uh, Georgia's back seven is not as good as their front seven, and Alabama, to their credit, was able to negate the pass rush enough that they took advantage of uh, uh, the advantage that they had their wide receivers against Georgia secondary and they came through in a big way now Mechie out for the rest of the year though after the playoffs that the ACL, that's a, that's that really does hurt them quite a bit um David versus Goliath I, I still think they you know beat Cincinnati there but yeah I have no problem with Alabama leapfrogging Michigan uh for the number one spot I'm fine with that and and obviously as you see on the zoom I've got my Michigan stuff on yeah yeah I see you sporting the Michigan gear today and why not a big win it's uh it's been a long time since Michigan won the Big Ten Championship. 2004, and that year they split with Iowa, of all teams, who they beat Saturday in the uh, Big Ten Championship game. To, to have it outright, it was their first outright Big Ten Championship since 03, so the year before they had taken it. But this is, and I'll say this now because I, I needed to see it along the way, but this is truly one of those special teams, Mark. Uh, they they get along so well. There's such great chemistry there. They're focused. They're determined. They bought all in. Uh, they flushed themselves of last year, which was not very good at all. 
uh, Jim Harbaugh brought in a number of really good younger assistant coaches that add energy and are better recruiters and boys that paid off. And Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator that came from the Ravens, a linebackers coach with the Ravens as DC has done a great job. And um, Michigan kind of mixing old school and new school because you see the running game. They're gr- they're a ground and pound team, but they mix in some creativity and their quarterback uh, does enough. Uh, to get the job done there. And, in fact, he's kind of grown on me a little bit here in the last couple of weeks. And would you agree that had Harbaugh not beaten Ohio State, he was this was his last year at Michigan? No, because they would have finished the year 10-2, and two, and that would have been a big turnaround from 2-4. and four. So, no, he, he would have stayed because they would have seen progress being made. But I do think that if he hadn't beaten Ohio State, say, in the next two years, I think that, yes, that at that point – something would have had to have been done because John Cooper had great seasons with Ohio State for many years but could never beat Michigan. Eventually, it cost him his job. Yeah, and uh, this this got him at least five more years, I think, in Michigan. Uh, so Michigan, Georgia, I, I think because of the way Michigan runs the ball and has the uh, Mac, McNamara, I think is his name, the quarterback yeah, there, he's, he's done a phenomenal job once he's inserted as your, as your one quarterback. Uh, you know, I think they have the potential to beat Georgia. I, I think they do, too. And, and look, Georgia's going to be highly motivated coming off that loss from Alabama. But Michigan's got a veteran and a very good offensive line. They can run the football. They've got three very talented backs, all of which have different skill sets. You talked about the quarterback there. He's really good about not turning over the ball. And, uh, and he's a better downfield thrower than I gave him credit for earlier in the year. So I agree. And then also, I think Michigan defensively, uh, they're more versatile. They play more zone. Uh, McDonald's done a great job. And they've got two really, uh, excuse me, they've got two excellent pass rushers in Hutchinson and Ojabo, and they can cause some issues there for Georgia's offensive line. They sure can. And, I, and I'm not going chalk right across the board for Cincy and Alabama. I mean, I think Cincy has the potential. If you remember last year in the bowl game, Cincinnati played Georgia very, very close, and I think they have the potential to give Alabama some trouble. Keep in mind, Alabama lost to Texas A&M earlier this year. They needed a a come-from-behind victory against LSU, and then, in what, last 10 seconds of the ballgame, to tie it with Auburn just to go to overtime. You know, so they have laid some eggs, and if Alabama comes out to lay an egg, Cincinnati could shock the world. I think Cincinnati will be playing. Uh, they, they will have a chip on their shoulder. They're playing for all the group of five teams that they feel like never got respect. They are the first group of five team to get into the college football playoff there. So I expect a great outing from them. I will say, though, that you have to grade that performance against Georgia early in the year in January on a curve because Georgia at that point had lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game. They were out of the championship um, run there last year. And so I'm not sure that that team was as motivated, quite frankly, uh, to play in that game against Cincinnati where the Bearcats certainly were. But that said, I agree. I expect the Bearcats to have a really good game. I don't expect them to win, but I think that you'll see them play as well as they possibly can. Talking college football, this portion of the podcast is sponsored by Perret Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perret Moy Therapy Associates at 410 604 2982. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and uh, let's talk about a couple of the other games from the night. Cincinnati had to beat Houston and did so rather yep. handily to get in to win their conference title. Baylor and Oklahoma State, 
a game of inches. Oklahoma State comes up an inch shy of winning that game. Yeah, you can't feel sorry for Oklahoma State. They had their chances. And look at Baylor. I, yeah, Baylor is one of those colleges, Mark, where they're so underrated. I mean, but you look at the job that they've done in football and basketball, and they've had some scandals a little bit, but they've survived them on the other side and have come out and, and are still successful. Men's and women's basketball, some of the best in the country, and then football as well. And Dave Aranda, the former LSU defensive coordinator from a couple of years ago from that national championship team, has turned Baylor around in just about a year uh, um, yeah, great job there with uh, with those guys. And Oklahoma State, also a very underrated program, uh, but they came up short, had their chances in that one. But they'll play Notre Dame uh, in a bowl game. That'll be great. I'm not, I don't remember who Baylor plays, but uh, um, whoever, it'll be a good matchup there as well. Yeah, and, uh, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. Baylor is going to be playing Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Oh. In, right, in the, just got a huge extension, I believe. Yeah, right? in the, in the Sugar Bowl, um, the Rose Bowl, the Ohio State and Utah. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned already the game on December 29th, the Pinstri- uh, Pinstripe Bowl there in Yankee Stadium with Virginia Tech and Maryland. Um, East Carolina and Boston College going to be in the Military Bowl that uh, takes place at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on December 27th. Right. Yeah. And Navy's a great place to watch a football game. That's where the high school state playoff championships are played as they were this past weekend. And I've been there. So a chance to get out and see some you know, power five ball there as well. And uh, some good matchups there. No question. Looking forward to that. And uh, I guess uh, Michigan State Pitt, there's one uh, with Big Ten and ACC. That should be a good matchup there. And um, looking forward to it. Although it was brought up, Mark, that these college football playoff games being played on New Year's Eve and not to, not being played on New Year's Day, yeah, they ought to have one early, one late, and then the Rose Bowl at its traditional 4 o'clock time. I think that's the way it should do it. And then the others ought to be on, on Friday on New Year's Eve. Yeah, well, I mean, in the college football playoffs, they, they are going to be Friday night. That's when they're going to be played. The Cotton Bowl. Yeah, but I'm saying they should be on New Year's Day. New Year's Day on that Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get it, though. I mean, it, those two games take precedence over all the other football games on new year's eve so but i do see your point there uh, and looking at that by the way uh the, the uh, coach at marshall yeah remember uh, uh hoff coach hoff from uh denton yep. well, he's going to be in a bowl game on december 18th his uh marshall thundering herd will be in the new orleans bowl against 12 and 1 louisiana who is a very good team so. Yeah, nothing but the best for him to see him get that opportunity yeah. uh, at Marshall coming from Alabama, representing the shore, outstanding, and uh, wish him nothing but the best. And uh, Mark, the coaching carousel, absolutely crazy. And just as we do this, uh, Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon to take the job at Miami. Manny mm-hmm. Diaz is out. And ironically, the Temple job that Manny Diaz took for about a month, and then Mark Richt retired. Then he left Temple and took the Miami job. Well, the Temple job's open again, so now he can go go back to Temple. But you know, the amount of money that these coaches are making goes up and up. We mentioned Lane Kiffin uh, making; I think he'll be making about seven and a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cristobal, they're saying about eight million dollars. I think that's the same range, seven to eight, for Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, which I was shocked about. And you also had Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma uh, for U.S. And we'll see Jim Harbaugh likely will get a a redo of his contract after taking a 50 percent pay cut from uh, the previous year to this year. And here we are. We're in the wrong business. So Mel Tucker, James Franklin getting extensions uh, as well. Big deals in the Big Ten there. Yep. 
Why don't we go ahead and move our attention to high school football and the state championships games that uh, Coach Griffith mentioned and, and Mike has mentioned as well. This portion of the podcast is sponsored by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the midshore for over 120 years, convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. So the uh, Maryland State Championships were held, the 4A-3A Thursday night, kicking it all off. And uh, Mergenthaler coming out on top of Dundalk by the score 22-13. A very good game there. It was. And for those that uh, don't know, and, and their nickname is Mervo, they had a, a player of theirs that passed away earlier this season. Oh. So they were playing for that player. And I think that it's 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 fitting that they win the, the school's first ever state title and they do it in honor of their fallen teammate from earlier in the season. I don't remember the circumstances of it. I think, though, it was something that sadly was sustained during the game. Oh, wow. Well, on the 2A, Frederick Douglass, who we talked earlier, we broadcast their game with Ken Island. They entered the playoffs as the seven seed. And uh, lo and behold, they come out on top, a 29-14 to victory over Milford Mill. And uh, oh, what a game. You know, of course, uh, Vincent Oliver getting it done uh, again and uh, getting into the, uh, the end zone. It was just a, uh, a game that, you know, Sutton, Jackson Sutton, Took a pass uh, to the to the end zone. Uh, Joseph Manley with a seven yard run. Vincent Oliver with a two yard run, and then uh, Bryce Dunn finishing it off with a thirty one yard pass from Joseph Manley uh, to give them the twenty nine fourteen victory. But uh, a huge game, and, and Frederick Douglass. You know who who would have thought the seven seed once they reshuffle seven seed in the state quarterfinals ends up winning the state championship yeah you're, you're absolutely right but record wise uh, they certainly uh, had had earned uh, you know a number of wins this year and they were a team to look out for but sometimes you have that where uh it's a good team but uh, however the points uh end up uh, playing out that it's a team that okay may not quite be where you'd think they'd be but they're still a good team nonetheless and sometimes yeah you play competition that's not as good doesn't mean that you can't compete against the big boys they obviously showed themselves there and you know it was 14 nothing at the half and uh Milford Mill didn't score until the fourth quarter certainly in that Ken Island game what stood out was how strong Douglas's defense was and that obviously continued on especially in that championship game and I know one of the assistant coaches with Milford Mill and they've got a really good program there so that's a that's a real solid win for them. The other game on Friday night was the uh, 4A. Quince Orchard yeah. beats Henry Wise 31-13. Quince Orchard has been known you know, year after year for being there for a chance to win a state title. Yeah, well, both uh, programs, Orchard yeah. and Wise, uh, are both programs that they're at the top. That's why they're ranked in the top five or so in the state poll, because there are programs that can compete with the private schools as well. Good coaches, really good players, a lot of colleges locally uh, out at their games on a Friday night, etc. But yeah, in this one, uh, a lot of scoring in that first half. It was, what, 24-13 uh, going into halftime, and then the scoring dropped off. But uh, Quince Orchard did enough in that first half uh, to, uh, to, to get it done and jumping out to a 14 nothing lead, put Wise on their heels there. 
In the 2A-1A, Dunbar picks up another state title, beating South Carroll 38-6. In the 1A, no surprise, Fort Hill defeats Mountain Ridge 51-31. And then, of course, in the Class 3A, Northern beats Linganore 28-23. And you just have to wonder if some of these games, I mean, yeah, you had a close couple of close scores there. You had 28-23 in the 3A um, and uh, 22-13 with Mervo and Dundalk. But you have to wonder if it was just a four-division championship season, you know, how close would it have been? Because Dunbar and Fort Hill, if Dunbar is a 1A, you know, uh, they would probably be the one that battles with Fort Hill. Um, mm-hmm. or, or if they're a 2A, they're battling with Frederick Douglass. I mean, you, you just have to wonder, but we'll never know. We won't, and all I can say about that is that I hope that they go back to the four classifications next year and that you have to earn your way into the playoffs. Uh, the one positive or one of the positives coming out of this, as we just mentioned, though, a team like Mervo uh, winning the first the school's first-ever state championship and, and doing it in honor of uh, a fallen player who passed away earlier this year. But you're right. We will never know. I'm just hoping it goes back to the way it was, Mark. I guess that's uh, to, to be determined. But to me, you look at the first round results in the playoffs and it was clear that the teams that got in who hadn't won a game or were one and eight or two and seven really had no business being in the playoffs. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us today. We have run the gamut. And of course, if you if you want one of those boosters or if you want one of the COVID-19 shots or a flu shot, don't forget uh, Chop Tank Community Health is open and, and uh, welcoming new patients. Get more information at Chop Tank health.org i would encourage you to go to our website shoresportsmd.com check it out winter sports start this week we'll be out and about i knew luke matrinko matt andrews are out and about hitting the roadways this week to bring us some highlights and such of uh, games from across the area i'll be out as well mike's still going to be tending to the baby and the wife and uh, we'll get him out before long as well but you know mike i'm thinking one more week next week we will uh, have another podcast it'll be our final Final podcast of 2021. Then we'll take a break for the holidays and then come back uh, January 17th with episode number 25. But first, we've got to get through 24, which will be uh, we'll record again uh, next Monday, and uh, it'll hit the airwaves for you uh, for your listening enjoyment, which hopefully you do enjoy uh, on the 14th of December. Yeah, it sounds good. A nice even number there, and it gives us some time to to retool and also come up with some ideas and guests and all sorts of things for the new year. And I know I'll be working on a lot of admin stuff behind the scenes uh, during the break, so uh, we could be even better, bigger, and better. That is in twenty two. Yeah, and uh, if you have ideas or you have topics, you have guests that you'd like us to talk to, feel free. You can email us. You can find me, Mark at or Mike at shoresportsmd.com. And uh, we, we will reply, we promise. So, and, uh, you know, it, uh, go ahead and send us uh, who you think is going to be in the college football championship game. I'd be curious to know your opinion. You can shoot that over to us. Uh, uh, you can either answer the little poll we'll put up on our uh, Shore Sports uh, Facebook page. Um, and uh, you can also reply and send us, you know, an email, Mark or 
Mike at shoresportsmd.com. We'd love to hear from you. We do appreciate you taking your time to join us here today. Feel free to share the podcast. Let more people know about it. And, of course, uh, feel free to share the website address, shoresportsmd.com. And, Mike, we've been a whole show here, and we never heard the baby cry. No, she's been really good. Uh, now, I do have the door shut, and I'm up in the loft, so I'm in the highest part of the house. But uh, she's she's been getting better, and, uh, again, we got a great support staff. But Baby Beckett uh, will be uh, getting a hug and kiss here soon as soon as I get off. And don't forget, <laughs> I, I need the picture in the Virginia Tech outfit. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I, I apologize. There's been a lot going on. We'll, we will do that. Yeah. I will make notes. I'll make note of that right now. I'm getting out my pad of paper. Yeah, and well, we, we need we need the picture, you know, in the Virginia Tech and you go hokey. So it's funny, I, I you know the one thing, and I thought Brooke may have put it up on the uh, registry was I thought she might have a onesie ordered for or a couple of onesies ordered of say the Ravens, the Redskins, or the Washington Football Team, uh, Miami. Maryland, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. Some sports onesies. We have no sports onesies outside of the one you got, Mark. Huh? So deservedly so, we'll put her in the uh, Vodtech one. But we've we've got to order, and I told her actually I would do it today. I've got to order some sports onesies to get them in here, and I got to get a Michigan one for the uh, playoff game at the end of the month. Well, and you know what? Uh, when Bama wins the national championship, I'll come back from Alabama with uh, either a onesie or a cheerleader outfit from Alabama that you'll be able to put on her, especially if they beat. Uh. That's our bet. All right, so if Alabama wins, I, I hope it's Michigan, Alabama. Wouldn't that be cool? If, that, if that Alabama really cool. wins, Beckett has to wear the, the cheerleader outfit. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I, I would do that. Bad. We got to get by Georgia first, but I, I, I would go for that. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, y'all have a great uh, week, and thanks for listening, Mike. You have a great week. Tend to that baby, and we'll be back uh, next Tuesday, right here with Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.